0: Hey kids, you're listening to the internet's wettest podcast about video games, consoles, and pancakes. The yeah. SML Podcast. For the Podcast. What's up, everybody? This is the SML Podcast. I am your host, Joe. We've got a party cast going on this episode. Pernell is here, Brooke is here, Aki hey. is here, and we've got our good friend Glenn Case joining us. How is everybody doing today?
1: Really good. Hey, Brooke. Oh, my God. <laughs>
2: hey. Aki. It's been a while since I did it. I had to now do it. Now do one yeah. for
1: Glenn. Give Glenn one. Uh, hey, Glenn. hey, Glenn. Hello.
3: No, I'm I'm uh, <laughs> I'm fine to middling myself. Like uh, we're we're like okay. hovering around that middle range.
2: Okay. Not yeah. great,
3: mid, but not terrible.
0: Yeah, very mid. What's what's going on in the world of Glenn Case? I know you just did January. How yeah, did that I'm go for
3: you? Yeah, I'm exhausted from that. Um, it's you know at this point. Um, I am glad that I did it, but it's always exhausting by the time that it's done because it is a song you write and record a song every day through the month of January. So thirty-one songs in thirty-one days, and this oh, wow, is my that's sixth, awesome. Sixth year of doing it congratulations thank you very much so so going into it this year i had 155 (laughs) songs just from january and then uh, by the time i was done it was 186 and i've i've essentially realized that i can write and record a song in approximately three hours time because i live stream it as well um, from beginning to end oh wow
1: that's awesome
3: and um, well and it's partially keeping myself honest in that way it's like you know here here's proof that you know, I did all of these parts and and you can see my the wheels turning like the thought process as it happens and now that I have all of these live streams, I'm thinking one of the things that I still do want to do is I want to go through and see what takes me the longest and I think it's almost definitely lyrics that probably take me the longest, but um outside of that, I would actually be curious to to see what um to break it down with statistics. I think that would be a lot of fun
2: you you would think about Three days into the very first one, you would have said, nah, I'm not going to do this anymore. <laughs> Let alone six yeah. years of it. No. <laughs>
3: yeah. Well, see, and, and as crazy as it is that I have done that, the, the gentleman who started January is an, a guy by the name of Jonathan Mann. And he's been doing this, I think, for over 12 years now, oh, where wow. it's every day. And it's every day, not just So he's crazy. January. Okay. Yeah, he's he's in the Guinness Book of World Records at this point, and um, I
0: think that he, he yeah he, he's in the thousands upon thousands of songs at this point. Don't you just like run out of shit to sing about after a few thousand songs?
3: I would think so, but I mean I will say that
0: <laughs> like even in January the stuff that I do it's
3: like not everything you know it's not all gems, but um, it is a thing where I would say that I like a higher percentage of my output. This year, like each new year, it seems like I will like a higher percentage of what I do, and you start recognizing like, okay, I don't um, why don't I like this song that I did, and then you recognize what not to do, and I think that that can help
2: that's, that's pretty- probably why he started it was so he could figure that out himself,
3: yeah, no for sure, like he he for the longest time, Jonathan Mann would say that it was um I think he said it was. 60, 20, 10, I think, or no, that, or 70, 20, 10. The idea was that most of the stuff would be mid, there'd be 20% that he would absolutely hate, but there'd be that 10% where it's like, these are really good songs. And if you do that now, for 12 years, and you've got 10% of really good songs, that's hundreds of good stuff.
2: I wonder Very if those true. numbers have changed for him throughout the years.
3: He has said that he also, as as time has gone on, that he thinks that his percentage has improved because, like anything, you know, practice makes better. Um, the more time that you put into it, um, you know, you're going to be better at, at at doing something your thousandth time probably uh, than you are your first time, more than likely, anyway.
2: I just we're think
0: it's crazy. we're proof that that is wrong.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I do. We Fantastic. suck just as
0: much today as we did on episode 0. I highly doubt that. I highly.
2: Doubt. I mean, Joe, that's a you problem. None of us were here at that point. So you suck that much. Yeah. <laughs> no, but really
3: the secret to it
2: I think is just you have to make decisions.
3: You have to make decisions. And you don't have time to second guess yourself because you, you're you writing it in one day. So I think option paralysis is the biggest thing that will stop you from writing something. Is like, what if I did this? What if I did this? What if I did this? You don't have time for what if. It, you decide in the moment, this song is this. This is what it is. Here's the next step. And here's the next step. And you just follow the chain of dominoes till you have a completed song. I have decision paralysis
0: in games all the time. Sure,
3: yeah, and I, I imagine it stops that. your
2: progress.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm too simple
2: minded for stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> I
4: gotta,
0: I gotta give a quick shout out, real quick, horror acolyte subbed before we went live for the fourth month. Well, thank you so much for always thank, hanging out thank here. Thank you so much. Thank you for the sub. Uh, enjoy the emotes, all the kitty cats, uh, and. The wet uh, pancakes, yes, indeed. The wet pancakes, the the drizzly pancakes, good stuff. Filthy
2: degenerate pancakes. You
0: filthy bastard pancakes.
2: No, they're not <laughs> bastards. They're just degenerates.
0: Sons of bitching pancakes.
2: <laughs> wow, probably.
0: Gonna get in a fist fight with pancakes tonight. It's gonna happen. uh like, Pernell, how's things going you on your end? Like, How was your weekend? <laughs>
5: Yeah, it was pretty good, uh don't really remember what I did. Oh, I went to visit a friend in Baltimore. That was nice. Signed up for speed dating. That's not going to be fun. Um, helped out why my mom would you at torture hospital. yourself like that I mean, why would I torture myself like I torture myself in every other way of existence? Well, this time, I want to torture myself in a little different way. um I <sighs> want companionship, a new form of torture um but yeah. <laughs> So, I'm taking a chance because someone suggested I do it, and I was like, well, I can't not do it if a friend, you know, is asking me to do it, and they decide to do it as well. Though so, they're doing it almost supportively because they don't even need the shit. They gotta do <laughs> it. to help me. Like, this means there's no pressure for you. You did it the old-fashioned way. I gotta get interviewed by 50 goddamn people over the course of intervals of three minutes. This is stupid. <laughs>
2: but, yeah, that's, that's why I don't like the concept of speed dating, because three minutes isn't enough time to know anything about anyone. Really, all you're doing is looking at them for three minutes and deciding, do I want to have sex with you or not? And can I base a relationship off of that?
5: Well, I don't think it's so much meant to be that. It's more so meant to be three minutes is enough time for a person to think, I wouldn't mind hanging out with this person at least one more time to learn more about them because you can get a lot out of a person in three minutes. The problem is, You have to subject yourself to being grilled for three minutes over the course of an hour, maybe. So I'm guessing I can probably talk to like 20 people and three-minute chops, stressed out. The problem
2: is, well, don't be as stressed out because chances are 90% of those questions from any of them are going to be the the same questions.
5: (laughs) <laughs> no, don't get me wrong. My questions are easy. I have no qualms answering their questions. They don't like my answers. Well, tough shit. That's just part of the bunch. It's more still <laughs> me coming up with questions to ask them because I have to have some substance. And when you've lived my life, you only really have a lot of substance in that department because you spent your entire life doing your own thing, living by yourself, being by yourself. And someone's like, Why'd you take you this long to try to date somebody? And I'm like, because quite frankly, it was a pain in the ass. I focused Damn on straight. getting my life together first. And I was like, eh. That's, that's how it went and every time i attempted to make the, every time i attempted to date somebody i ended up making a new friend instead so while that's not necessarily a bad thing it does explain why i have not dated in ages so <laughs> i'll take it you know
2: fair enough
0: <coughs> was like, no, was anyway like, per place. now i had a i had a quick question for you are you familiar with the store games and stuff
5: yeah i actually almost stopped there when i left magfest the problem is i left magfest so late because i kept wanting to do stuff and they were closed by the time I left, but they're in Glen Burnie.
0: Yes, they are supposedly actually, the
5: largest game store in the in the Mid Atlantic, if not the East Coast. I
0: got an I got an email today celebrating that they're becoming the largest gaming store on the East Coast, and they're throwing a mini convention this Saturday.
5: Like literally so if, this Saturday.
0: Yes, two seventeen this Saturday. So if you're bored oh. this Saturday, maybe you could uh, go check that
5: out. <laughs> To to the That might be worth doing, because next weekend I have stuff going on, but I don't recall having anything planned this Saturday.
2: And you tell us all about that it. Far
5: away. <laughs> I imagine I'm going to show up and buy stuff and have to... Then again, depending on how people break down, you can find people to play with. The hard part is sussing out the people who didn't come as a collective with an actual interest in having a stranger sit with them. That's the usual when it comes to those kinds of conventions. Like, hey... I want to meet new people and play some new games, but you got to find the group that's like, we're here, but we are interested in hanging out with new people, too. Oh, but into
2: all of them anyways. Huh? But into all of them anyways. That's how they get to meet new people, too.
5: (laughs) That's also how the crops get cold. (laughs) It's hard to say. So It's hard to say. Uh, But honestly, ultimately, I generally will do something like that. Like I might walk by, and Brooke might know this logic, because she does the board game scene, too. You walk down an aisle and you see a game that just looks interesting. And while some people might just kind of hover and look over, and which might mess people up, I'm, I'll I like, just walk up to them and go, hey, by the way, this game looks pretty cool. What are you guys playing? And if they explain it to them, I'm like, okay, have you just started? And if they're didn't, if they just starting, like, room for one more? And if they say, nope, I'm like, okay, well, I'll just watch for a few minutes just to get the gist of it, and I'll head out. Um, but I definitely will do that thing where I poke my nose in And just let it be known that I'm not like skulking around their table. Outright, just express that I'm there and I'm interested in what they're doing.
1: That's awesome. And
5: then then go from there. And it's worked a few times. That's how I learned about Space Base, and I immediately bought that masterpiece. Uh, But
2: I skulk talking to people is too much effort. It's
1: hard. (laughs) For now, next time we come out, yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure out next time you come out our way, I gotta take you to this. It's like a I want to say board game bar, but it's not really alcohol centric. They have like some snacks and every like there's there's some of those in every town, but this one's incredibly well moderated where they have staff on hand to kind of like oh this game's gonna wrap up in 20 minutes and we have another game across the store, but like 10 tables away that'll wrap up in like 15 minutes. So we're gonna let these people know about each other that there's kind of like a window of time you can show oh, up and you like to make the tables. Yeah, but it's like really casual and it's just like super well managed by people who really get it and are trying to like get people like not have to stand around and have to instigate those conversations uh, all by on their own. Although it's a really welcoming environment, too. And you can show up and be like, hey, I want to play cozy games or like I want to play some kind of werewolf thing. Or, or you can be like, I want to play a crunchy Euro game that'll take me like five hours with like three <laughs> to five people. And they might. It's super cool. Like you got to still get kind of lucky, but it's a, it's a popping place. We found that a couple just months what? ago. I immediately thought of you.
5: Just the fact oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I, I mean honestly, it's just the fact that they even have a staff that's willing to attempt to facilitate those connections, that's enough for me. Yeah. Even if it's hard to necessarily pull it off. It's like thanks.
1: I had so. to see it happen to be like, wow, you guys have it down, because I would be like, wouldn't it be nice if people were trying to do this? But is it even feasible? And uh yeah. I'm learning a lot from that. I'm impressed.
5: Yeah, I mean, yeah, but that's how I made a lot of friends doing that too. Like, I went—I remember going to—I started going to board game events years ago, being like, "Oh, hmm, maybe I can meet a single person here," and ended up making four friends. <laughs> it's just like, well, there, there—that goes. I'll take it. Um, the person who set me up on this event here—if she was someone I asked, was attracted to—didn't click on her end, not mine, unfortunately. But I was like, "Well, I'd rather have a friend than nothing, so let's be friends." And. Awesome. Now, like we hang, we chat and stuff and now she's like, "Hey, you got to do this thing." So that's what got me out here in the first place. Cool. So, and then, of course, I got my video games and my board games. I'm always like, "Who's going to want to deal with this shit?" I yeah. have more board games than humans should own. Like, you, I can build. You know, go know pick- who's going
0: to deal with that shit. Yeah. Joe, we're, mm-hmm. we're gonna deal with that shit because we got yeah. games to talk about tonight. Wait, wait, wait,
5: oh, wait. Are you getting this board game reviews now? Is that what's up? Because let's oh, do I it. I
0: wish, I wish
3: that'd be
5: cool. <laughs> you probably, just could, the honestly. Card,
3: we just played the card game pit for the first time in some time. Uh, A, that was fun.
5: See, board game reviews are happening right now. What is that?
1: <laughs> what <Was> <game? laughs> card game?
3: pit it's it dates back to like the early 1900s it's a stock market game where it's like trading two for two trading three for three and you're trying to get a corner on wheat or oats or like that sort of thing basically it's chaotic
5: i've I've heard it by name before but never got to play it
1: that's yeah you gotta look that up
3: later it is a lot of fun it's been around since like i said the early 1900s it's pretty simple where you just however many cards in your hand and you are trying to make them all match so it is chaos like the more people that are playing them it's chaotic and you're trying to trade like two for two two for two two for two three for three one for one and and then you can call the corner when you've got it and so rounds last for short periods of time and you're just trying to get to 500 points so it is lively it is easy to understand it is easy to explain
5: and it's quick so yeah pit gets an a plus it sounds like it's just a very much open barter market once you've got your cards, which in exactly. and of itself sounds pretty cool. Cause like you're telling me I'm making this number up by the way, so don't give me the correct number, but I'm starting with seven cards. And in this hand of cards of seven, I might have you said some wheat, some barley, some yep. rice, and some and some liquor. And I'm like, okay, by the end of this, my entire hand has to consist of this one one of these resources. Yep. So I am now gonna go so the only question I got then is like can you reduce the total number of cars in your hand and still get the win? Like can I trade somebody two cars for one, which now puts me at a total of five cars, sorry, of six cars in my hand, (laughs) and I get those six cars to match.
3: Here's the trick, though. You you do have to have every single card of it, and it is nine. You weren't too far off by saying seven. You have to have all nine of them in your hand, or there's a bear and, and a bull card, so there's one wild card that exists out there that you can have eight and the wild card, and that works, too. But the trick to trading two for two, for example, if you're trading two, it has to be two of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it has to match up. Yes, yeah, you can't be like here's two random cards. Like it has to actually Ooh. be like a pair. If you're saying two for two, it has to be two of the same thing. I yeah, like no. that.
5: Yeah. And another game I recommend to both of you that's in a similar mindset of just get get the ball rolling with some cards. You ever played Chinatown? I cannot say that I have, but I'd be curious about it. I have not. Chinatown. Played it. Oh god, Chinatown is the shit. It's basically five blocks <laughs> in Chinatown and you're vying for like real estate and types of real estate. So like you'll get a hand of like numbers and numbers represent lots on the board and you want to get lots that are adjacent to each other so you can put down like property types like camera store or furniture store or laundromat or whatever. And all you know is what you've got and what you want. So you're out there like, yo, anybody got the any laundromats? Because I got these freaking dimple shops. I'm ready to give this up if you've been in the deal with me. And the guy across the hall hears you and goes, I'll do it. And the person in the middle goes, fuck that. No, I got a better deal. Talk to me. <laughs> and it's just like everybody's like <laughs> bodies arguing with each other to get like this cutthroat game of like real estate assessment done. It's stupidly fun. And you get to that point where you start getting salty. other. just like, look here, man, I'll backstab him later. But for now... Just let me do this. i got you later. <laughs> you start making deals that you outright r- dig on. It's ridiculous. I love it so much. And then they made a safer version of it later called Waterfall Park, where I was like, we don't want this game to feel so mean, so it's easier to get combos in this game. And of course, that's the one I was able to find. So. But I'd rather have Chinatown. <laughs> if I could find Chinatown, I'd get it. Um, I but... play
2: poker. <laughs>
5: <laughs> hey, this there's a oh, last got it. one.
4: Oh y'all, talking of about poker. all of
5: these, you know,
2: really crazy games where you have to yell the entire time. I'm like, uh, just play the one where you're quiet until it's your turn. That's it. I play tripeaks.
0: <laughs> What's
4: that? Look, I've, I've never p- heard of that one. Solitaire.
5: <laughs> Look, I oh, okay,
2: yeah, I do that too. <laughs>
5: I get in on everything, and the best part about the current state of the hobby is if you're interested in finding a game that took something you like and just re-implemented it and made it a little different, it's out there. There's probably like 50 games that involve poker, but different. <laughs> you can play those things. <laughs> uh, like, Tripeaks, Peaks. There's Tripeaks Peaks, but different. Hell, there's like board games that are basically shmups in board game form. It's just weird. If you wow. want a game done like a board game, it exists. <laughs> you just have to look, but someone's love already that. done it, and it's wild. Um, Speaking of, love of weird
0: hybrids that can actually lead to our first game tonight,
5: yeah. it like, oh, oh, very nice. right.
0: so I'm taking this opportunity and I'm running <laughs> with it. Uh, a run, blend, run. a blend of pinball and slot machine. Yes, how does that sound? Seamless, uh,
3: great on paper.
0: Uh, let's let's Ooh. talk about it because. First game to talk about tonight is Slot Shots Pinball Ultimate Edition, developed and published by PinBlend Studios, released February 6th on Steam, 1999. Get ready for 13 pinball tables for you to enjoy. The newer tables feature bigger playfields, better physics, better graphics, better special effects, better camera angles, longer soundtracks, full controller support, online leaderboards, and more slot machine shots. Uh, Glenn, what is going on in Slot Shots Pinball Ultimate Edition? I'm,
3: a, I'm a going to say it. First, this game pissed me off. <laughs> Honest <laughs> to God. I love oh. pinball. I love pinball to the point I have started building my own virtual pinball table. Um, when um, Pinball Arcade, before they lost the licenses to all of the Bally and Midway stuff, I bought them all. So I have 100 tables on that. I have every table on Pinball FX. Um, there is Promise. In this game, but uh, they say the controllers work. That was not my experience, at least at first, is I had to use the keyboard at first. I will say with some tweaking of the menus, I did get my um, controller to work eventually. I was uh, using an Xbox One controller with a adapter, so that could have been part of the problem. I eventually did get it to work, but I definitely had to go into the configuration menu. It was definitely not just plug, plug and play. Um, game got a lot better when I was able to use a controller. I will say that much, but a couple of things right off the bat, um, for 1999, this is not terrible. I will say that I don't think that Zen pinball is going to be losing any sleep over this. Um, if they're <laughs> trying to compete with the big boys, they're, they're not there. They're not there yet. If this is like Joe, you and I kind of talked about this where it was more like they want to just kind of coexist in that market. I will say that there's not a lot of other companies making pinball games right now that are much better than this. In other words, you know, as far as, you know, I, I looked and played some of the other ones that are out there and some that were already in my library that are just junk, but they tend to also be less expensive. Yeah. Um, uh, my biggest complaint, and this is going to sound silly, but it's the DMD like that's supposed to be like <laughs> your, you you have this area that's supposed to be showing your score and it does show your score, but everything is in plain text. There's no animations. There's no attempt to even make it look like a DMD looks like on a classic pinball table. It's just like, hey, let's put some text
0: over the DMD area. Like if it was not matrix text, maybe it would have been better.
3: I'd love that. That alone, just even if it was like a dot matrix text that looked legitimately like just a regular, you know, it doesn't even have to have animations or anything at that point, but it it is literally like they copy pasted some text and put it in that area um, with very to explain like you, it'll say that you're in a mode, but no hints as to like hit the left ramp or hit the right ramp. There's not much that it gives you as far as what you're supposed to be doing and like what your motivation is. I I kept wondering to myself, what is my motivation to keep playing this, except for the fact that I have said that I'm going to review it. And that's not a good place to be. Yeah. Because your thought should be that, like, you're going to have a hard time pulling me away from it. And so I went and um, revisited. Called Pinball Deluxe Reloaded that came out in 2017. It's eight dollars. I could use my controller immediately. There were clear fun challenges. Um, there were like lit spaces on the table indicating which mode that I was in at that point. Um, on top of it, there was like a leaderboard sort of thing that would actually show me where I was was at. Um, there are leaderboards in slot sh- um, slot shots, but you don't get to see them before you've started the table. You can't just look and see what your ranking is ahead of time. The only way you're going to see the leaderboard is after you've finished a game, which seemed a little weird to me. Um, Part of my motivation to want to play would be like, show me my leaderboard and where I'm at. Okay, I'm in 999th place. I want to improve upon that. Um, But you don't even get to see that. I thought it was strange that the escape key does not work For any purpose, like normally on most games, you would hit the escape key and it would at least bring up the menu, the pause menu. No, the escape key does nothing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It was P for pause. You needed it. It was P for pause.
3: Yeah. That was, that was what exactly what it was. But it's now that I've said all of that, I will say this, some positives. I think the table design is actually pretty solid. The physics are reasonably good. I actually like the slots mechanic, except for the fact that the only downside of the slots mechanic is that you are definitely relying on luck where you could have a hell of a good run where you're doing everything right, but if your luck is off, then someone else is gonna have a way bigger score than you. This is the same problem that you have um on the bride of pinbot table that is out there where there's these just enormous jackpots um where Yeah, there's skill involved, but a lot of that is just luck. If you happen to hit the ridiculously over-the-top jackpot, then you're going to dwarf everyone else's score. So, yeah. No, there's good lighting. I like the trivia that loads between levels. Um, And I like the leaderboards, but you've heard of eye-popping visuals. We've got to talk about the UI. The UI is eye-gouging visuals. (laughs) That UI hurts my eyes. To look at it's, between it's games. not a
0: very polished uI and definitely agree on that front
3: absolutely no i i th- the thing is that frustrates me so much about this is that I do see the potential that is here ultimately, it's not a bad little pinball table, twenty dollars, yeah, that's about right. I would probably wait for it to go on sale if it was a penny over twenty if it was like twenty five i would I'd, I'd say to stay away, but you are at least getting. Some variety I do think the music is also pretty bland, but apparently they also um used like um with the music that they have isn't it some sort of a thing where they're using um I'm looking for the right wording
0: here on that What, like what is it about free the music? stuff i that, I don't know is. if it's that or if it's just the the developer doing the the composing I'm honestly not too sure i'd gotcha. look into the music on this one.
3: I will say the Super Vixel Land table has it's fun because it, at least the music yeah, was matches the one. theme. I thought that that was great. Uh, obviously, you know, I can't think of any other eight bit video games that have green pipes and mushrooms. And um, yeah, it's very yeah, it, it's, very distinct. It's distinct. There's no other eight bit <laughs> game that I've ever heard of that has some of the
0: coins. You know,
3: no, yeah, no. yeah. There's coins in there too. Yeah. Now that's it's a unique idea. But no, I you do mean, actually yes. like that. I like that table a a lot
0: um no um, i do think there are some good tables in there i think uh as a standalone pinball table judging it on its own merits it's a solid entry for the price and what you're getting yes i will not disagree with that we had a lot of issues with controller support before launch i played it today and my controller worked just fine so i'm guessing they had uh, updates at launch or just after launch that made the controllers working properly. Uh, it played really smoothly on controller. I was happy with it
3: yes, I, I enjoyed it so much more on a controller, and once my expectations were also like set pretty low to begin with after my first experience with it <laughs> um, it, 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 it improved enough that I you know I, I feel like people that are buying it at this point are buying a product that is not quite complete. But the idea apparently is that they are wanting to make the upgrades and some changes to it. And so I think it has
0: potential at the very least. I can, I can definitely agree on that. Well, it clocks in. Uh, I can't talk right now. What the hell is going on? <laughs> it <laughs> clocks in at nineteen ninety is your official verdict on Slot Shots Pinball Ultimate Edition? I'm, I'm going with a try it. I'm going with a try it. If you are a fan of
3: pinball stuff, you could definitely spend, I mean, $20 on like pinball effects or pinball arcade is going to get you a few tables um, in comparison, but it, yeah, especially if you can end up getting it on sale, I I'd say it's worth trying um, with some improvements. They may actually be um, a contender. Fix your DMDs, fix your UI. That's the two, I think, <laughs> glaring things that need to be done. Give me reasons to want to get to the fun modes. Like, the okay, I've got like a ridiculously high score. What else is my incentive to play? Um, I just thought of like, Pinball Arcade has the, this thing where there's like five things that you're trying to do on the table. And it's like a little achievements where it's like you're, you know congratulations you did this specific thing in it and then after those five there's like wizard mode it needs i feel like it needs something along those lines to keep the interest there outside of just getting a high score for the sake of getting a high score on the leaderboards yeah there's more that they could do with it
0: yeah i can agree with that i think uh price per table it's a solid entry uh i i said to you before that i think three bucks per table on average is an okay asking price. That's what those standalone tables are that whatever company it is releases on Xbox and switch lately. They're yes. just like individual pinball tables for three bucks. Oh they're yeah. That, great. I, I, sure. But they are three bucks.
3: <laughs> yeah. You'll get some of them on pinball FX. that go for like 15 bucks per table. If it's a, yeah. uh, if it's a licensed product. So yeah, no, I can't front on that for sure.
0: Yeah. So the, the price per table I'm happy with, I think I can agree with a try it on. Nice. Very
3: cool. I will say that as I tried out Pinball Wizard, which is a competing product, um, a completely different thing, I bought that for $2 on sale, and I could not put that one down.
0: Hmm. <laughs> Check that one out.
3: It's worth it. It's uh, where you're, the, the pinball, instead of a, being a pinball, there's a wizard character, and the wizard's walking around the dungeon, and you're shooting them up, like, you know, with, with the uh, What's the name the of flippers. it? Pinball Wizard. So I swear like I've dungeon. heard of something like that mm-hmm. called Wiz Orb.
5: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For real. Yeah, there's a game. Wiz Orb's a game.
0: Yeah. I believe that. This one looks pretty good game, cool, too. This, The Pinball Wizard one. This looks cool.
3: Yeah, no, I tried it specifically because I'm thinking, what pinball games can I try so I can really nail down what I am not liking about this? And I stumbled upon <laughs> Pinball Wizard, and I just, like, I did not want
0: to stop playing. Well, it's that's a seven ninety nine game now. See, there you go. But, uh, I got it for right. two bucks. Especially worth two bucks though. <laughs> a lot of games are worth two bucks. I'm, there, there's not many games that I'll pass off at two dollars. Oh that's yeah, like at that point, even if it price. is, even if it's complete dog shit, at that
3: point, it's like, well, you know, it was still uh, worth a, worth the price of admission. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh man. All right, Glenn. Well, that is it for you. We will let you get going. Thank you so much for coming on and hanging out with us, chat and pinball with us. I appreciate it. Uh, where can people keep up to date with you and what you're doing?
3: I think that glencase.com, dot ecom I think all it does now is it goes to a place uh, where you can find all of my socials. It's like a like a link tree like, sort uh. of thing that just goes to all the places. But I'm Very all over cool. there, all of
0: the streaming services and the YouTubes and all of that. Very cool. Uh, I wonder, do you did you post your uh, your Smashing Pumpkins cover on YouTube? I did. Did it In get fact, a it copyright was... strike? Um, it did not. Maybe I'll play it on this episode.
3: Yeah, have at it. Have at it. <laughs> uh, well, the, only, the only thing I will say, if you're talking about the, uh, the, uh, the end is the beginning is the end. Yes, um, it's such a good it, cover. Thank you so much. I realized that the original is not on streaming services and so I actually uploaded it to all of the streaming services as well via DistroKid. So I uh I bought the legal right to have that on streaming services for 1 year. Very cool.
0: Yeah. Good fun. Cool. So check that out. We'll play it at the end of the show. Uh fingers crossed I don't get a copyright strike, but if I do, fuck it, whatever. Yellow, right?
3: (laughs) For real, for real. I will tell you this: I will not, I will not do a uh, copyright strike for sure. Cool. It won't be me. If if (laughs) if it it happens, it's not me. (laughs) It'll be Billy Corgan himself, directly. Be probably. Well, actually, because apparently that specific song's through Warner Brothers Records because of the tie-in with the uh, Batman and Robin film.
1: Oh, so they're Uh. gonna throw away the original anyway? Yeah. Sorry, wow. I'm still bitter. <laughs>
0: no, I feel you. All right, thank you so much. All right, Glenn, do you have any final words? Uh, where'd the cheese go? that's a good question.
1: Where's the beef? <laughs> Claire
5: Peller.
0: Have, Claire a Peller one, <laughs>
1: have a
5: good one, Glenn.
1: Have a good one. is coming because it's time for Brooks' first review. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, next game to talk about is Furnish Master, developed and published by Alex Blintsov. Released uh, February 20th on Steam for $14.99. Furnish Master is a game where players can express their creativity by furnishing various home properties. The game includes a story mode that that challenges up and coming interior designers by adding financial challenges and restrictions, tasking players with earning enough money to furnish all new spaces. Become the Furnish Master and make all your home renovation dreams come true. Uh, Brooke, tell us about Furnish Master.
1: Well, Furnish Master uh, will, in my opinion, eventually provide us players with a really nicely and deeply, deeply customizable game experience for folks who want to decorate the little hearts out and passively gain income uh, with properties they create and then invest in, while they also upgrade and decorate their own home or homes, uh, including indoor and outdoor areas. And when I say deeply customizable, I mean it. You start with the bedroom in this game, and in that bedroom, you can have walls. You can paint those walls, and you can do as many different colors as there are walls. You can build shelves and paint or pattern those shelves very different colors. Uh, You can buy toys, action figures, vases, flowers, books, TVs, anything you can imagine for those shelves. And these assets look amazing. They're incredibly well-designed. 3D environment here. You can paint and customize most of those items. You can have a personal PC computer in that room. Wow, did I really just say P- PC computer? Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> so you can stick, hang in there, Brookie. You can stick little stickers all over you have a personal
0: PC computer? It.
1: And a personal pan pizza as well. <laughs> I don't know. So you can have, actually you can. Now that I think about it, you can have pizza mm, in the personal
2: same. Personal pan pizzas.
1: Yeah, no, I want one. Ugh, I like know, I'm
2: pizza, think
1: yeah. I pan to this. pizzas. Oh, God. Yo, don't even get me started on some stuffed crust. <sighs> But yeah, you can have a bedside table in this game, you can flip it over, you can put a low light in it so the bottom of it glows any color you want. And when I say any color, you want for the lights, for the paint, for the walls, for the toys, I'm talking about earlier, uh, with the furniture and accessories, I mean it. We've got the damn color wheel up in here. Every time we click an item or wall, every color you can imagine, all different shades, we can change brightness. This is one of those games where frankly I'm overwhelmed by how many different sands are in the sandbox, so to speak. Luckily, this game is also being designed not only with sandbox mode, but with story mode for people like me who get overwhelmed by too many options. Do you ever wonder why decorating games like Animal Crossing and The Sims slow roll you into needing to earn more options while you play through long ass tutorials or days, uh, or in Animal Crossing's uh, case, your first real life year of gameplay? Uh, Yeah, it's because of people like me. You're welcome. Uh, We need guidance. We can't have everything all at once or we freak out. So let's talk about this game story mode, which uh, I think is pretty cool in some ways. We open up on a map, and it is beautiful. We've got all kinds of buildings, but not too many uh, big buildings in this first intro map. We do have skyscrapers, apartment high-rises, parks. It has a very slightly moving environment to it. So slightly, you might not notice when you first visit the map in between levels a couple times that there are very tiny animated cars and trucks and buses going around on those streets. Uh, We start the game by clicking into our place. It's a small apartment and a high rise, but it's not just our place. Uh, We're not made out of money. We just got out of college and we have our college roommate with us splitting the rent. And like you do when you have a roommate and you are polite, at least we can only decorate our bedroom, not the common areas, uh, kitchen or living room. But the amount we can decorate that bedroom is staggering. Before we can do that, though, it's time to clean up because we just threw a huge party last night. It was a rager. Now we got to throw away all the trash and put back the furniture that got tossed around when everybody was drunk last night. We got couches <laughs> that are flipped on in. We got uh, chairs that are kind of poking through the wall. And this is how we learn the game. Kind of, it has a really seamless tutorial built in where you play through levels as you learn. Uh, just how much this game can do. This is how we learn how to pick up items, drag them around, in this case, remove them, throw them away. We can remove furniture, put it back in our catalog, but we can also throw away garbage like we're doing here. We learn how to pick up a fallen shelf or a toppled couch or chair and how to rotate it with our mouse and our keyboard back to the orientation it should be in and put it wherever it's supposed to be in the house. Since we can't really have a lot of freedom decorating those common areas, there's sort of a ghost outline of like where the couch is supposed to be and we need to drag it into that area. But we get into our bedroom and we can put it anywhere they want. Uh, This game offers freeform decorating where you're allowed to decorate like your bedroom where you can put a piece of furniture or an item anywhere you can drag your mouse. This is a 3D game where you're going to be zooming in and out with your mouse wheel and... Use WASD to uh, move around the room in the view. You take the right mouse button and grab and rotate views uh, just to see other parts of the room, or you won't be able to see anything because there's a lot of options here. It really is a it's, it's a real space. This game also offers grid snapping if uh, the freeform decorates too much freedom for you, which I appreciate. Uh, I appreciate that we get both. For the Same reason that I appreciate being slow-rolled on a lot of different colors and customization options. This game physically... Is very well designed and very tight, too. So, yeah, now that we've cleaned up, we've decorated our room, it's time to head to work. Uh, that's right. We have a job. Purnell, can you guess what our job is in this game? Chris didn't show up, so I'm using Purnell here.
5: <laughs> Some sort of knick arrangement seminar.
1: Oh, my God. You got it. We're an interior decorator. <laughs> that's our job. Ooh. So we go to our Ooh. first house. There you go. Purnell, you're good at this, man. High five. Uh, <laughs> Virtual. We got our first house. It's basically a little, another little tutorial chapter where now we learn that we we can paint and customize stuff. We learned this while we work for a lady painting her house, and there's a specific number of items or walls we got to paint in her house before we can move on to the next level. Next level, things get a little interesting, a little less decorative. Uh, Purnell, did you know that there are some people out there who will hire an interior decorator not to decorate, but to finish the jigsaw puzzle they gave up on in their apartment? for now did you do know that Ow. it's so, so messed up right let that sink in but it gets weirder some of these people want to have you over to finish the puzzle they don't even know where they put the rest of the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle that they want you to finish so now your oh, job finish. oh my god it's like we gotta start small we gotta take any job we can and this crazy lady's like hey i have like this puzzle half done on the wall uh i don't know where the pieces are but you can move <laughs> anything you want you can you can move a couch if you want you can pick up Uh, individual books from my bookcase. You can move around pillows on the couch and uh, move a basket or shake a plant, see if there's a puzzle piece in there. So now we kind (laughs) of got like a different, it's kind of like a seek and find thing going on. And there's a giant... Luckily, the puzzle is pretty big. It's giant. It's on the wall, and there's not a ton of pieces, and most of it's already assembled. So we got to find puzzle pieces, and you just never, you never guess where some of them are. But it's pretty neat, and we have to actually like it's like a physics simulator game. We have to move around the little puzzle pieces with our mouse wheel and, and rotate them just right until they're in the right orientation. Snap them in. Um, we have a lot of freedom that with that too. That part satisfying. It's pretty cool. I can see what the game's doing here, where it's kind of giving you a breadth of stuff, uh, and I enjoyed this level. Um, It was a little weird. Now we're back to decorating, but again, uh, with a twist this time. Our friend is opening up a shop. This is our shop level. The the level starts out with a little conversation that gives us about all the backstory we really have on our player character. Uh... (laughs) We show up to the shop, and our friend's like, hey, man, you're my good buddy. I'm not making this up. This dialogue's pretty weird. He's like, remember how I always wanted to open a shop? And you actually say, no. No, man, I don't remember that. And he's like, oh, man, that really sucks. But yeah, this has been a dream of mine. And I'm like, Why? what do you want? You want my help with the shop? He's like, yeah, man help me help me clean up the shop and put all this stuff out we got to clean up all the garbage and the shelves up because just like you did at your apartment we have thrown a rager in the shop for some reason and there's pizza pieces and there's soda cans and stuff going around we've got to clean it up and we've got to put the shelves in the correct orientation kind of like we did for our living room where we're not picking where the shelves go but we have to kind of put them in their little phantom slot here Uh, Now we have to buy, quote unquote, a cash register from the furniture catalog to help set up the shop, but it's not coming out of our personal money. It's for the guy who owns the shop. And this is introducing an inventory system where we can kind of buy furniture out of a catalog. Because now if we go home, we have the buy option. We can buy a new couch or a new computer. Like I have an Xbox controller. It's supposed to be an Xbox controller, like sitting on my bed. And I've customized my bed in the game too. Uh, But let's go back to the shop. Now we have to put 150 items out on the shelves and in the coolers for the shop to sell. We've got, like, toilet paper, uh, engine fuel, all different kinds of sodas and chips. This game has, like, a bunch of different sodas and drinks and, 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 like, chips and crackers and different brands of, of cereal made in this game. It's really quite intense. We can put them anywhere we want. This part of the game got a little tedious for me. I don't believe this game will be the same uh, when this game is out of early access, uh, This that this level will be the same. Because it just, it took forever to get all 158 items out. And I noticed about halfway through I dropped one of the items on the floor and I realized it didn't matter if the item was on the shelf, it was still counting it. So I got a little tired of it and I put... All the items in uh, a pile in the room. Eventually, and just gonna get through the level. But I was like, it's it's pretty cool. And now we're back to the map, and we can invest in that shop if we want. We can take about a thousand bucks of our in-game money that we've made and uh, own the shop with our friend. And now uh, we will forever get passive income. And our inventory that we stock and put out in the shop fall into
5: abyss. How much income? My
1: gaping butthole. So it's really neat. We have like a system where we can buy inventory, sell it later. Excuse me, have to. You know what
0: else is really neat? Dopey just raided us with 35 raiders. Welcome in, everybody. I am so sorry that you're here, but thank you, Dopey, for the raid. Welcome, welcome, Uh, Dopey.
4: We
1: are reviewing Furnish Master, the game, it's a furniture game. Okay, fun fact, if you leave the game running for a few hours after you wander away from your computer, you will still make <laughs> money from that shop you invested in. I came back to my computer, and I was rich, and I was like, ha ha ha, this is awesome. And I don't know if it's going like, to keep that idle I- thing going uh, in the final release. But I was pretty excited. Um, and now I'm going to tell you about the last level I was able to enter this game before I rage quit this game. Uh, it is the Domino's level. Um, let me tell you a little story, really quick, about the visit of Uncle Will. Last visit, last weekend, my partner Carrie wanted to have his best friend over. It was the last time we were going to have friends to our house, and I kept saying, uh, "You know, when Uncle Will gets here, I'm going to make him do this Domino's level for me because I hate this level so much and I just want to die. Like I can't, I can't complete <laughs> it." And I kept complaining about it, and I thought Carrie was picking up what I was putting down, but. I noticed that, uh, you know, I like to do a thing when Will comes over where I make him do some sort of chore. Like, for instance, last time I had him over, I was like, hey, Will, y'all like to see you playing board games with Carrie. Wouldn't it be nice if this living room had more light in it so you could see that game? And he was like, yeah. And then I walked in the other room. I was like, hey, I have this light. I need you to hang. Can you do this for me? And he like, he and Carrie got out a ladder and like, uh, hung the light for me, and he knew exactly what was going on. So perhaps Will is actually the true Furnished Master. So anyway, I kept <laughs> joking to Carrie that I was going to make Uncle Will do this freaking Dominoes level for me. And I made this joke a few times, and uh, I noticed Carrie was getting a little grumpy with his body language. I was like, dude, what? And he uh, He was like, I'm pretty good at video games. Uh, Why weren't you going to ask me to do the dominoes level? I was like, oh, my God. Okay, all right, you (laughs) guys. I'm going to save this one for you. This is not for Will. Uh, We'll save this for you when Will goes home. So Will comes through. Baby, I'm the gamer in this house. Oh, my God. It was so cute. So Will came through, and he was like, he did end up picking up a game I was playing without my permission, which I will talk about in my re- next review later, Fit My Cat. So Will goes home later and I sit Carrie down. I pat my chair. I was like, okay, champ, you ready to knock out this Domino's level for me so I can keep playing this game because I just want to get past this level. I'm, I'm level locked here. And he was like, yep, and he got on my PC. And Carrie is really good at games. Like, he's an ex-fighting games guy and, and he actually can kind of roll in. I hate it. I'll be 200 not hours good into enough, the game. Apparently. Not good enough, uh, and we'll, we'll begin to that in a second. Things. Well, okay, so fast forward two hours later, Carrie's a really good gamer, and he's one of those infuriating people where I can put 200 hours in a game, and sometimes I can't beat the boss I'm on. He'll have never freaking played the game. He comes over and, like, helps me, and it makes me so mad. So, of course, <laughs> I would have asked him to do this Domino's level if it were even about that. So I'm like, well, I'm, he's just going to have to learn. So he gets on my PC. Fast forward two hours later, he was cussing and saying that he's <laughs> done helping me he's like i'm done helping you with this damn game i thought this was gonna be a- some decorating shit and i was like lol <laughs> and i start cackling maniacally and i say i know right now you know why i wanted uncle will to play it same reason i, I wanted him to like hang the light we ha- we have him do chores not the fun stuff around here and he was like i'm sorry you know and i just thought you know i thought it would be i thought it would be funny but the truth is <laughs> I had attempted this level so many times and failed. It isn't a decorating level. It's a level where hundreds of dominoes have already been set up, but, like, with pieces of the domino chain missing. Uh... Cornell, did you know there are some people out there who really be calling an interior decorator over? And they're like, yo, man, can you find all the dominoes I lost in my house? And as you find them, set them up perfectly. No grid snapping in this level, by the way. Uh, let's make sure there are no missing dominoes. And you have no many, no idea how many dominoes are still missing at any given time from the setup Talk of a hundred. Okay. <laughs> This, they are me bad.
5: enough for this job. And also, who are these eccentric weirdos who can these have people, a fortune and massive homes, but they can't track dominoes?
1: Dude, thank you. It's like, dude, don't you have a maid? So these people are even pickier than the people who want you to come over and find their jigsaw puzzle pieces and finish the jigsaw puzzle for them because this time you're not allowed to touch or move anything in the house except the dominoes. Uh,. Now let's start to talk about ways this game gets a little buggy and this will transition us seamlessly into our rating here because I'm having a love-hate relationship with this early access game, but we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, if you take too long on a level, uh, this game has a lot going on and I have a pretty nice computer and it's just, you know, it's chugging away. This, my computer is definitely louder when this game uh, is loaded up because it's got a lot of amazing assets and custom- customization in it. Um, You have to get the dominoes completely precise uh, with each other, even after you find them and drag everything around, and once the game starts lagging a little after maybe an hour, hour and a half, which is how long it takes me to almost finish this level, uh, it's hard to get the dominoes to go in the right place uh, and stay there. It just kind of gets hard to drag them around. That's okay, but, uh, also you have to restart if you get even one thing wrong in this level, so it truly is a huge time sink. Uh... Also, how do I say this? I didn't actually put this in my notes. Um, I, oh, that's right, okay. Uh, my game, unfortunately, my save was corrupted, so I quit the Domino's level, and I was like, I'll just start it fresh later. Uh, no big deal, I'm going to take a break. My computer needs a break, too. But when I started the level back up, it had lost about five levels of progress for me far back from before I even finished the shop for my friends. So I also had lost all my passive income I got, which I wasn't really mad about because I got a lot of that by walking away. But it was pretty sad, so I played through it again. It took me a couple hours to get to the Domino's level, and then I tried the Dominoes level uh, a few more times, and I just couldn't get it right. I couldn't figure out what what was going wrong, and I thought maybe Kerry would be able to, but he couldn't complete the Domino's level either. I don't know if there's a little bug in the level or not, uh, but it truly is a time sink. And uh, yeah, that happened to me a couple times where I then lost my save again when I got back to the Dominoes level but was unable to finish it because it was too hard for me. And I had to just start it over and that's where I am now, still. Uh, And before I go into my rating here, uh, I will read what the developer put up on Steam recently because I started looking into this after I got stuck. This is a direct quote I verbatim copied over. Here's what he says. Since I am developing this game alone, I didn't manage to implement many ideas and concepts by the release day. Nevertheless, Furnish Master is currently in a playable state with a a large set of features, so I decided not to delay the release and instead launch the game in early access. Thanks to early access, I will be able to receive feedback from the community, find out what players want, thus make Furnish Master even better and higher quality. How long will it be in early access? Probably 12 to 18 months. So... Back to Brooke Speaking here. Uh I am experiencing game breaking bugs in this game, and I am experiencing some uh bugs that just make it a little hard to complete the levels as well. But when I read that it made so much sense and I was actually flabbergasted to learn after I played this game for so many hours that this is being designed by one person. Like the assets are truly impressive. And earlier in the review when I said, you know, unless the game is lagging, it's really cleanly built where you have so much freedom and everything works right. Like That's quite an accomplishment here. I'm really blown. It's still hard for me to believe that one person's working on this game because the assets are so, so, so beautiful in this game and there's just like hundreds and hundreds of them. Uh, This must have taken an incredible amount of time. I think eventually this could end up being a legendary decorating property management game. I also love the music in this game. There's only one song that loops, but it's so, so, so good. (laughs) <laughs> there may be only one song, but it's a hard jam. I love it. I listen to it all day. And it's surprisingly incredibly sad, too, which I appreciate. If you're going have one sa- a song, do it up. Uh, in its current form, let's revisit the shop blurb. Furnish Master is a relaxing game about furnishing apartments, houses, commercial estate, and even outdoor territory. Unfortunately, not only do I have to ding the bugs of the game at this time, I'm optimistic about the future. Uh, but I have to also, you know, I got to talk about the save corruption because that's sad. But also with levels like the Domino's level being the only ones I can access at certain points without skipping it and I can't get a hint and I I can't like complete it either. I can't even complete it with help. Like I have to respectfully disagree that in its current form, it's all the time a relaxing game about furnishing apartments. Um, But I don't think this reflects the ultimate vision of the game. And I'm definitely going to be giving this another shot as I see it develop more. I'm personally really interested in this one. I think it's got so much potential. Um, But yeah, it's definitely an early access game. And that comes with all the, all the warnings that are normal for that situation.
0: Well, the game clocks in at 15 bucks right now. Uh, What is your official verdict on this one?
1: I actually have to give this a deny it in its current form for that price. I do believe there's a demo available. Maybe try out the demo. But I, I honestly think this needs more time. And I think it could use another review when it's further along, too. Because I can't imagine this is where the game's going to end up.
0: Is it worth wishlisting and keeping an eye on?
1: Absolutely. I'm going to be personally keeping an eye on it. You know, Joe, I was hitting you up last night being like, I'd love to cover this game again later. Yeah, and that's how, that's how excited I am about what I think it can be. Um, so. Yeah, I would definitely wish list the crap out of this.
0: Oh, just hold on for now, and uh, maybe we'll revisit in the future. Yeah. All right. Next game, Spirit Hunter Deathmark 2, developed by Experience and Ghostlight, published by Axis Games, released February 15th on Switch and Steam for $49.99. Spirit Hunter Deathmark 2 is a suspense horror game set at a prestigious academy when rumors circulate about supernatural occurrences at a famed academy in Tokyo's H-City, up to the head of the Koju family, also known as the Spirit Doctor, to take on the case. Pernell, what is going on in Spirit Hunter Death Mark II? Well,
5: this game is the sequel to a shelf of shamer that has been sitting on my shelf for some time now. But (laughs) hey, an opportunity to dive in and just get this ball rolling early by way of obligation, I'll take it. And that's what I did by requesting access to this game for review. And what it is, is an interactive visual novel, where you play as the aforementioned spirit doctor, trying to investigate the strange disappearances that have been occurring at the school Joe mentioned, while also not succumbing to the thing that's causing those things, to, those disappearances to occur yourself. Uh, it's a surprisingly tense game, despite being a visual novel, where you really are, even though they get interactions, which I'll talk about in a minute, you are pretty much following the beat with a few exceptions, and yet even still, it can get pretty damn tense. Uh, Typically, the game's flow consists of a note being left by a spirit entity called the Departed. It gets left in the school grounds, and the note will indicate something to the tune of, uh, I guess like a, a descriptive of a person. I am warning you that you are going to be killed by X spirit tonight, signed the Departed. And then when that note drops, sometime that night, Whoever was that whoever that that you know descriptive is referring to, they disappear or die or whatever. Ultimately they disappear. So you were brought in to figure out what the hell's going on and how to stop these things from occurring. It gets deeper than this, but obviously, at that point, I'm spoiling a few things. so I'm not going go to go into like where that narrative leads, but what I will lead to is the idea that, Gameplay consists of you traversing areas of the school and outside of the school, eventually. Uh, You can walk around the school grounds, and you can go into different rooms within the school grounds. Or if you leave the school, you can walk down the streets and go into different facilities. And as you walk by, you might see areas of interest or objects of interest that you can review and get descriptives for, sometimes find clues that can help you further the case. Every once in a while, you'll also find a collectible, referred to as an eerie tooth which is pretty much the item that is used to be traded in by, to an NPC in the, he, the infirmary of the school, which is also the place you'll get your spirit energy re- regenerated, which I'll explain also shortly. Um, and these things can be used to purchase items that will make your explorations a little bit safer and smoother. So as you are engaging these activities of exploration, you'll come across the occasional thing that is like pretty much like a, like a spiritual you know experience where at this time, Think of spiritual energy as hit points, but something might occur whether you walk through an environment that you shouldn't or you investigate something that has like a catastrophic event that has occurred there and it freaks you out. But when these things happen, you will lose spiritual energy, aka hit points. Don't find out what happens when you run out of hit points. You'll just respond at the last checkpoint, I guess. But I'm not letting it happen to me because I save scum when I get that bad off. So (laughs) Sorry, I I like to cheat. Uh, So... But I just know that thing is something that exists. But if you find yourself getting a little too low, you can always run back to the infirmary and get it back. Um, those items will also help you out in regards to these stats that every character has. It's, the Spirit Doctor is your primary character, but as you progress through the game, you'll occasionally get other entities or other characters that will work alongside you in investigating these cases. And All these people have stats referring to four things. Strength, Intelligence, Dexterity, and Spiritual Power. And those stats are all associated with events that may occur where you might want a higher stat to progress or accomplish something. For example, you might come across a scene where you need to get behind a a cabinet that tipped over. And to get the cabinet up, you have to push it and move it. Well, someone has a high strength stat might be able to move that cabinet. And you would like to hope that you brought that person with you to request to do that task. And if you didn't, you could always go to the infirmary for the most part and swap the other person in if they're available to you at that time. Um, Other times, you might come across a situation called a suspenseful act. These are actually pretty interesting, though it can be a little annoying depending on what you decide to do. Because what happens is let's say, and I'm making this up, this didn't happen in the game, or did it? It didn't. Unless it didn't. Um, This event occurs in the game where, say, you get locked in a room and it begins to fill up with water. And you gotta get out. How the hell are we gonna do that? Well, the game immediately goes into a suspenseful act. And... You have it's not time, thankfully, but you have to choose a few things. One, you have to choose who's going to perform the act that's going to get you out of this situation. It could be your main character, it could be the partner character, or it could be both of you working together. And then, after you've chosen that, you then have to choose what action you would like to perform. And at this point, the game will show you the percentage of odd, the percentage chance that this effect, this event will actually succeed. And it will also show you how much of your spirit energy or hit points you have to expend to attempt to do the action. Uh, if you fail the action, you lose hit points. If you succeed, or you lose them because you had to spend the cost of the hit points to attempt it. And if you fail, then you got to try something else. The interesting thing about this system, though, is that the percentage of success is based on the character or characters you chose and their stats. And, of course, maybe the situation that you're in. So, if another character is indisposed and you learn that from the narrative, and then you try to choose them to dexterously push a block out of the way of a door, well, the odds might be like 5%, because now they not only get out of the thing they're already stuck in, but they all have to push the block. Good frickin' luck, chump. Next time, make, make a better choice. Shoot the guy who's not stuck behind something. So, you have to deal with stuff like that. And sometimes you might choose the action that you actually have to choose to get out and still fail because you never get 100% odds. At least I've never seen 100% odds. So you might sometimes choose the action, it fails, and it turns out you have to try again because you still have to do this thing to succeed at your goal. So it's pretty interesting how that can work. You can't just trial and error this stuff and hope you get lucky. Well, you could, but you'll eventually fail. So you'll be doing those things, usually during major crescendo points in the story, like well, you're being attacked by a spirit, or you have to escape a spirit, you know, that kind of thing. And after that, you know, you'll proceed, continue with the story. You'll continue to explore the grounds, looking for eerie teeth and clues, and discussions with NPCs, and ultimately you'll get to the end. Um, It's kind of funny to talk about games like this because, again, like I can't be like, well, here's what The Departed really is. Like, no, I can't talk about that. And I can't talk about who these ghosts are because I can't talk about
1: it. That's but, the struggle I, of the visual novels, dude. It's tough. It, is it so really hard. is. It's like, <laughs> like I, I you, want to tell you... Tell me what? I, like, I always want to be like, and in the end, it turns out the main character's God, or we kill God, and that's what it's all about. It's like, nah, you can't say that, man.
5: Can't say that. <laughs> you'd, be like, you'd be like, but maybe God was in us all along, <laughs> and then the main character from Shin Megami Tensei showed up to kill us, and it was like, shh, um... <laughs> But I do like what I can say about this game though, is that it, it gets under your skin, and I'm not just talking about the the, group, the the morbid imagery that could pop up when you see a person who's, like, who's been grotesquely murdered, um, but it gets under your skin because, quite frankly, the narrative is genuinely interesting to me. I found myself having moments where I was like, do I really need to run down this hallway and investigate each object again to see if I can find eerie teeth or whatever? Just let me jump to the next <laughs> narrative. Beat. I'm caring about the plot, not the running around. But I get they probably did that because they want to break up just reading walls of text over and over again. At least now you're running to the next wall of text. So maybe that's what their intention was there. And I also kind of like the fact that without spoiling what... Um, you end up getting goals throughout the game, um, usually trying to stop the spirits that are you're that you're your hunting, and what you think is the end may not be the end. And if you don't realize that, you could find yourself in a spot of trouble. So even though I earlier mentioned that this guy, this game kind of can lead you on a rail sometimes, don't let that mean you could think that. Don't let that. Make you think that means you can turn your brain off because you do need to pay attention for time for you to go outside the box and go, maybe I should consider doing this. Because if you don't, there's a bad ending in store for you. You don't want that. Trust me. When I saw the thing occur, I said, oh, man, this could happen if I don't. Oh, crap. And I was like, I hope I did the thing. I hope I did the thing. And it turned out I did the thing because the consequences were having not done the thing made me feel very anxious, like I did not want that to happen. That's what happens when you come to like people you're dealing with in the game. Even the jerkbag characters, which (laughs) this game has plenty of. Um, Ultimately, I feel like this is a bona fide quality visual novel. It does call reference to characters in the first game, though, most notably characters that survived the first game. So if you are like me and you've never played the first game, but you're also not like me in that that would ruin this game for you <laughs> to learn who survived in the previous game, you might want to put a hold off on this bad boy. Um, I can't give you context on whether or not the first game was good or not, because, again, shelf shame. But I at least can say I paid money to get it. Um, so there's something there. <laughs> it was good. Like, oh, you did play it? You liked it. it. Alright, well there you go. Aki says it's good. So we're already halfway to this game being good because the first was good. So what do I think of the second game? Well, shocker, I also like this game. I think (laughs) this is a good time. This is one of those games where you start up thinking, oh, well, maybe I'll just get to like this one checkpoint and call it a night. But then then the story starts to drop and you're like, well, shit, maybe I'm going to bed at three o'clock instead of one o'clock. That actually happened twice, so I'm not making that part up. That's why I'm exhausted half-freaking-time the time now. Um, but, no, you'll you'll find yourself staying up extra hours, going into extra period to see what happens at the end of a chapter, because you want to wrap up a story beat. It's a pretty cool game. Again, the imagery might not be for everybody, but then again, you're playing a game about spirit detectives. You kind of have to go and know, and there's going to be something kind of like that going on. But just know that the game doesn't mince on, like, Oh man, this guy died a horrible death. This isn't even some cheesy, you know, got stabbed in the back deal. This is, got stabbed in multiple backs, because apparently now they have spiritually imbued backs applied to a victim. I don't know, I'm making that up. But they can get wild. So, in the end, I would say that, I mean, price is relative, people like what they like on cost, but as far as the game as a whole, I think this game is worth your time. And I guess I should let Joe go through that process first.
0: Well, it's 50 bucks, give us your verdict.
5: I think this game is a genuine buy. If you get down with visual novels and you like a, you have a touches from macabre every oh. once in a while, I think you are going to give this game a solid, fun look, and you're going to not be disappointed. This is a great time, Damn. and I hope you tag like it me too. Next
1: time, uh, good tag you, You're I tagged just right like there. Hashtag Brook. <laughs> you're in. Hashtag. My hashtag is Pernell 420. Thank you very much. Everybody
5: knows that. God. So.
2: <laughs> uh, also I should point out there's uh two other games to this series.
5: Yeah, there was there's like Spirit, Spirit Hunter, Hunter Deathmark
2: right? and Spirit Hunter NG. Uh and they're both good and they both also cost fifty bucks. So go
5: wait, buy Spirit, all three. Wait, Spirit Hunter Death Mark is the one I'm thinking about as the one before this, right?
2: Technically both of them were before this one, but, well, yeah. well,
5: but the one I'm talking about with the mark bearers and the yada yada. Yeah. uh
2: yes it oh god it's been a while since i last played this because i played it when it came out um i believe i believe so
5: okay so play all of them because aki says the first two are good but even if you don't get to those this game is worth it but obviously why jump on this if you haven't played the other two so get on all of it
0: oh sounds good
5: all right next
0: Next up, Fit My Cat, developed and published by Red Deer Games, released February 16th on Switch for $9.99. Imagine a cardboard box. Is it shaped to fit one or two fluffy felines? What about five? What about 20? Fit My Cat presents you with many cute kitties that all wish to sit where they deem fit. That being said, we're running out of space and we are seriously looking for a cat organizer. If you could spare a moment or two to make that happen, we would be grateful. Brooke, you're a cat organizer. What happened with Fit My Cat? (laughs)
1: <laughs> i love that freaking eshop blurb uh it made me so happy when i read that uh, nice delivery there as well just so surreal and that's what this game is like it, it, it is what it says it, it is but it also has some surreal stuff going on and some and some cute aesthetic surprises uh fit my cat is basically bad way to put it but kind of like a top-down tetris with cats <clears throat> carrie was watching it he's like this is Catris," and i was like kind of um delightfully I had no idea, uh, absolutely for sure, if the title was supposed to be Fit My Cat or Fit My Cats because the Nintendo Switch calls it both on the home screen, which I thought was oddly charming. Um, This is a very simple game to grasp and jump into. It's very accessible. It's kid-friendly for sure, even though it's a little puzzle game and it doesn't have a formal tutorial because it doesn't really need it. I think if your kid can pick up a controller or drag around a touchscreen at all, they can play this game. Will they be able to finish all ninety-eight levels if they're a young kid? No, I don't think so. What did they call it in the blurb? Over ninety possum levels of cardboard boxes uh, ready to be filled with fluff. Uh, also, fun fact: I, you know, I might have read the blurb initially when I was looking at the game before uh, you got it for us, but I didn't. I didn't realize in the game it's supposed to be a cardboard box. I thought there were weird cat rooms because it's kind of got its its uh, weird art style going on, but it looks really good. <laughs> But yeah, would a little kid be able to finish all 98 possum levels? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, I laughed at this game, but then I ultimately found it to be very challenging to, for, anyone, for me to complete. I don't know if I could ever truly beat this one. Uh, but let's, let's talk about it a little bit. Even though this game doesn't have a lot going on mechanically, it does have a lot of levels. Level 1, we have a cat. That cat is three spaces long. It's time to fit that cat. We see, I put my notes room, I'm going to cross it out now, cardboard box. We see the cardboard box, we have to fit the cat too, <laughs> because we are a psycho that thinks the cat should be in the box. It is three spaces long. We pick up the cat, it meows. There are tons of different meows in this game, and they're all amazing. Uh, really, really cute <laughs> sound effects. This game's this got game's it going on aesthetically. Uh, we drag the cat over to fit in the three spaces. That's it, that's level one. Uh, level two, we have the same cat. Our long boy, he's three spaces long. This uh, room's uh, cross-out cardboard box also has three spaces, but it's in the other direction. It's time to rotate our first cat. Yep, now the cat's vertical and aligned with the box. We drag it over, the cat fits. It's time for level three. Level three, same cat, but now we also have a second cat. It's a little baby cat, probably it's completely round-shaped, only fits one space instead of three, like our long boy. Amazing luck, because level three is three spaces long and one space just off to the side randomly for that baby cat. We drag both the cats over, rotating as needed if needed. Time for level four. Now we've got a Chonk. He is four spaces total, two by two. We're going to see every every few levels from now on. We're going to see a different new cat that will add to our variety of cats we might have to fit around. Um, And I'm surprised how how many levels I got through and I was still occasionally seeing a brand new cat and being like how the heck would I fit this guy this is an insane looking cat I think you can see where this is going uh, to drag this out this is a very simple game so I don't have a ton left to say after this but if you're like me you're on level 4 at this point and you're like "Laugh my ass off this is a cute game for kids this is a dumb baby game I'm way too smart for this game then if you get if you or me you get to level 4 14 and you are like what the heck do I do <laughs> I don't know how to solve it. this is hard Carrie, i can't figure this out no i didn't go crying to Carrie. uh but i found everybody had the this ce- i found that i think everyone would have their ceiling in this game where they're like lol dumb baby game to going oh crap what the heck is this level <laughs> um before oh, we crap. go on to- smart baby game yeah i wonder what your ceiling would be pernell before we go on a rating i want to tell the story of uncle will Last weekend, Uncle Will came over, which I awkwardly didn't explain in my other review uh, before. Since I have a rabbit now, Carrie's best friends are Uncle Matt, Uncle Will, or whatever. Will comes over and he's a little nosy, so I'm minding my own business on the couch and I'm trying to fit my cats and it's sort of like he's over here to hang out with Carrie, not me, and I know that I'm not gonna hook Will up with the Domino's thing because of Carrie's thing earlier. <laughs> and Will's like, what are you doing? And Will is cat crazy. The thing is, uh Will and Carrie play online games all the time. They both love cats so much. Well Will really, really likes cats and you've got a lot of cats. Uh this is my friend who moved to San Jose recently, by the way, so I'm really pumped to be house sitting for them. Um, and all their cats are really cute, but basically I have my Switch volume turned up, and he was like, what is that? I, sound, I, sound, I hear some cats, and he came over, he was like, oh, this is really cute, and I was like, yeah, man, it's cute until you get to this level, and th- he immediately took one look at it, and, and he and Carrie are way better at games than me, and he's like, well, you would just put that cat over there, and I was like, oh, man, and I got through that level, and they start playing their game or whatever, and then I get to level 23, and I'm like, what the heck? do i do i just have no idea and i'm (laughs) on this level for like and by then uh joe i i actually i was like i think i played enough of this game where i could review it because i understand the concept here and i see what they're doing but it was oddly addicting where i kind of just wanted to see one more level because it kind of showed me what was up within a few levels i kind of saw i had some little surprises going on so i'm really stuck over here man and i knew i didn't need to sit there like spending 20 minutes trying to fit my cats or whatever but i just kind of wanted I wanted to get it done, and I was on the TV while they're playing a board game, and Will comes over, and he thinks he can just do it, and then we get on level 23, and I swear to God, he and Carrie spent, like, 30 minutes on that level, like, arguing, like, nah, man, you gotta (laughs) put the cat over here, and, like, it was really quite something, and I was like, you guys, like... (laughs) <laughs> this is some good stuff here. So, like, we didn't get even close to level 98. And if you're if you're with us every week, if you're with us every week, like, you know that I come from a standpoint of, like, I'm not naturally as good at other people as games. I, uh, but puzzles specifically are hard for me. And physical, spatial things are tough for me, too. That's why I kind of w- wanted a second opinion on the dominoes level from the game earlier. But... These two guys who were nosying up in my crap and taking my switch from me uh Sunday, they they don't have that problem and they still found this to be challenging. It wasn't in a frustrating way like with Furnishmaster earlier, like it's definitely doing what it's supposed to do. But uh yeah, so this game this game kinda schooled us a little bit, but it was a really neat game, super cute. Um I do have one, just one complaint about it, actually. It is really hard to select the cats if you are not playing with the touchscreen. If you want to be like me and kick back on the couch and have the controller and play it on the TV. The game has such simple controls that it makes it incredibly accessible, and, and that's exactly what makes me think that a, a, ch- a small child could play it and get a few levels out of it and really, like, maybe even have a learning experience. Uh, but, uh... Yeah, it just kind of cycles through the cats, but you don't get to you kind of don't get to choose what direction it's going. So once we get to the point where we have eight or nine cats, if we're not playing with the touchscreen, it can be really frustrating to isolate the cat that you're trying to even pick up and and drag around. And that was the only yeah that's that's actually my only problem with it. Considering, uh, so yeah, that's uh that's my experience with this simple but surprising game.
0: Oh well, it clocks in at ten bucks. What's your verdict?
1: 10 bucks is a little steep, even though it surprised me. I, I thought like this could really, I would really call this a buy it if you had a kid who played a demo and wanted to uh, well, even just play a few levels.
0: Here's a different question. What would you recommend paying for this? Because Red Deer Games normally has crazy sales yeah. on a lot of their Switch games. So it's possible this might only be like four or five bucks or cheaper.
1: Well, that's where I was going with it. it. Because you actually, you you told me recently that Red Deer will uh, frequently uh, put their games on sale. So I'm hoping that's what happens with this one, because I think it's actually, it's a a good value. I think if your kid were into it, or if you want to just kind of play a chill puzzler, like this actually has a lot of gameplay in it. So, uh... I don't know. Even if they brought it down to seven, I would be like, yeah, I mean this, if, if you watch the trailer for this game and it looks good to you, this is going to give you exactly what you want. Maybe a little more. And I like the music too. Uh, I think the music and the sound effects are really good.
0: Very cool. Uh, a, a comparison of something that they just also released golf in it, which, uh, we'll hopefully have a nice. review on here soon from our friend Norg. Uh, oh, that's nice. normally twelve ninety It is on sale for $1.99.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, if they put so it Red anywhere on that Red price Deer point. does
0: crazy sales like that sometimes. So, it's possible this might be super cheap when it releases.
1: Yeah, so. well, I mean, if you can catch it on sale, I was pleasantly surprised. Not only with the gameplay itself, but also the assets of it. Uh, I just think it's, I think it's actually a clean, pretty game.
0: Cool. Sounds good. All right. Moving on. Uh, it is time for... SML After Dark. That's right. We're getting naughty with Jury Episode 1 Before the Trial, developed and published by Nickel 3D Art, released April 2023 on Steam for $5.99, a high-quality, erotic, sexy, and fun visual novel. And yes, there are animations. Obviously, Aki's checking this one out. Aki, tell us about your time with Jury Episode 1 Before the Trial.
2: Okay so in this uh, you play on uh, as a juror uh and basically you are presiding as a juror over a really high end case uh of a really famous actress in world not real life uh who has possibly murdered her husband so You don't know any of the other jurors. You guys are pulled off of a bus and put into this big fancy hotel and kept away from people. You know, you get your phones and shit taken away because they don't want you interacting with the outside world to keep you from, you know, being twisted up and shit. And uh, this first game is the first two days of your little adventure, which are the two days before the trial actually begins. Uh, and it is split between different times of each day. Uh, the first day there's a little less to do, uh, because you get there part way through the day, but you get to interact with some of your fellow jurors. The first day you have, I think it's four women you can interact with, and then the next day some more ladies uh come in as well. Uh, I think there's three groups of people that come in I believe because I know at some point a douchebag comes in because there always has to be <laughs> one dude that you need to punch in the face really hard and I don't remember him coming in with your group and I don't remember him coming in with the second group so there must so there must have been one in between them and I've just forgotten and have taken all those girls and added it to the group that you came in with um, but yeah so you basically, you deter- you get to interact with the girls. Um, on the very first day, you interact with a few of them because they're on the same bus as you and they're in the reception area with you. And you can determine uh, how you interact with the girls, which determines sometimes where they'll be during the day uh, and what they're doing throughout the day, as well as some of your later plans, like you can ask some of the girls out on more or less little dates uh, to have dinner with you that night uh, at the hotel uh, restaurant. Uh, and yeah, uh, you get to interact with not just the jury, uh, the uh, jurors who are almost exclusively women, but you also get to Shocker. interact. Yeah. Uh, yeah, All of them except for that one douchebag who really needs to get hit in the face. Uh, and <laughs> when you get that option, you should just choose it because it's the right option. Uh, But there's also the hotel workers who are again, also almost exclusively women. Uh, (laughs) Again, big shocker, I'm sure. Um, But so you get to interact with these people and very quickly, you find out that uh, the big uh, reporter who's covering this, well, one of them anyways, uh, another lady shocker, uh, it wants to use you to get some information about what's going on inside because, obviously, she's not allowed in there, and you're not supposed to be sharing information. So it's really up to you on not just what information you get, but because of the ways you interact with the girls, you can get different bits of information. Uh, so you can determine what information you give her, if you give her any information. And all of that changes each of the girls relationships towards you um you can get i'm not a douchebag points in the game <laughs> which i haven't yeah yeah uh sometimes you can seem kind of like a dickhead and sometimes you seem like oh you're a nice guy and i haven't seen any purpose to those specific points yet uh i assume they'll be in implemented in future games uh, but you also have relationship points with each individual girl, and sometimes your actions will increase it for a girl or decrease it for the girl, and it can affect multiple girls at the same time, like punching the douchebag in the face. Almost everyone loved that action. Some people did not, and those people are wrong. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, each one of the girls uh, is vastly different. You know, you got everything from, like, a high school English teacher to, sh- this, and this one shocked me, a, a girl in a wheelchair. You don't usually see handicapped individuals in games like this. So that was really nice uh, to even, you know, the, uh, you know, heavy pot-smoking goth girl. You can <laughs> probably guess which one I really liked. Um, LAUGHTER so yeah you you have yeah yeah i know um currently there is no harem route uh sadly but that is something they that the uh, dev might be implementing in future games i really hope they do because a lot of these girls i really like um (laughs) you in order to see all the stuff with each of those girls you're gonna have to play through, through this game a bunch of times um Because there is a lot of stuff that is mutually exclusive throughout this. For instance, after you meet the girls for the first time, you get to go to your room and you can determine what you do next. And it's one of like three or four different things that you can choose. And each one uh, ends with you meeting and interacting with one or two girls or another set of girls, so on and so forth for each choice. And that happens like twice a day, I think each uh in each of the two days and on the second day new girls come in so you have you are spoiled for choice even more which is a problem because i want to interact with all of them all at once and there's only one of me and that sucks uh so yeah you're expected to play through this four or five times probably to check everything and Thankfully, you did though, it right i have not played through it th- quite enough times i've played through it twice and i'm on a third playthrough uh <laughs> uh thankfully, the game isn't very long. It should take you th- three to five hours um so yeah uh, it's a pretty quick playthrough thankfully and uh yeah the the girls are most of them are pretty cute, some of them aren't my type um but uh, most of them are because you know girls uh. <laughs> So, yeah. Uh the animations are kind of stiff sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes they're kind of stiff. That doesn't particularly bother me all that much because there's a lot of really pretty stills and the story is pretty fun to interact with. So, yeah.
0: Oh, well, it's that's, a that's $6 dollar it. VN. Uh what are your thoughts on it and is it are you excited for an episode 2?
2: Uh I think uh, six bucks is great for this. I I think it'll definitely give you plenty of time to play it for that money. Uh, and I think you'll really like the girls in it. Uh, I am excited for part two. It should hopefully be out. I'm hoping this year, because a lot of the renders are done. They just have to do animations and then writing uh, for the, the story. Uh, they expect that this full series is going to end up with three or four episodes they think they don't have a solid plan yet but they think that's about what it's going to take so this will be going for a couple more years at least probably um i'm very excited for the next one
0: well when we hear more about it i'm sure you'll be the first to let us know
2: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah, for sure (laughs)
0: All right, well, we got one final game to discuss tonight. We're going to take one more look at Dreamed Away demo developed by Nicholas Patone, published by Pineapple Works. It is on Kickstarter now through the end of the month, and it is $1,000 away from hitting its goal. So uh, if you've been on the fence about this one, you can do it. Dreamed Away is an emotional action-adventure RPG with psychological horror elements. Plays Theo, a boy lost in a dark, mysterious world. Explore a unique reality duel against darkness in a unique fast paced combat system and mind your choices. Uh, Pernell tell us about your time with the dreamed away demo.
5: So I believe I got to the end of the demo, unless there is an alternate thing that I could have chosen that would have allowed the demo to continue a little bit further on. Um, but actually basically it's like, I think you mentioned it last week, but if you're a fan of the art style that was originated in like mother or rather earthbound, though so the style in this game is more reminiscent of Mother 3, um, then you would probably get down with this title because it uses a lot of that motif, both the backgrounds when battles occur and also the character art and the environment modeling. So you play as a little boy who is running around with his little sister. The funny part is I remember her name, but not his <laughs> Um <laughs> But... One day, she just, i guess—I guess it's not even one day. It just is a day. Like you get out of bed, you go outside to play with your sister. Things get weird, and next thing you know, you're traversing a very dark cave, trying to find where the heck your sister went. And as you're exploring this cave, you are encountering monsters, and then the t- traditional, you know, JRPG battle system pops up. Except in the case of this game, is done by the way of action inputs. Um, the majority of the time, enemy attacks consist of one of two things. Now, I think about it every time it was one of two things. It was either objects falling from the top of the screen in different ways, and then you have to dodge them at the bottom. Or keyboard button presses would appear on the screen, and they would move towards the center of the screen in a variety of different ways, but always towards the center of the screen. And when they overlap a cursor in the center, you have to press the direction corresponding to the key that goes through the image of the screen. If you screw this up at some point, you'll get hit with a very apropos and like hastened attack pattern from the boss of the objects falling from the top of the screen. Whoa, what was that? My my chair is squeaking. Uh, I thought it was the cat attacking. No, my Um, my chair is just a piece of shit at this point. It really is. I get that. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that later. But uh, <laughs> so you can also, when you try to do a counter attack or rather you do your normal attack, you have to time the button press as a cursor goes across a line bar. And you want to time the button press so that it stops at the center icon or the center bar that's going between the two halves of this cursor bar. If you hit it, you get what's formed as a combo. The bar will, con- will start to move once more, and more. You can time it again. I don't know how many times this works, because I think I've gotten it at most two times, because <laughs> I'm just not that good at that time. <laughs> um, but if you can pull off the timing, you'll get to do combo attacks, and which means you'll get to do more attack damage per turn. Uh, I will say that if you are bad at this, like me, you're going to have a uh, redundant time as you sit there like, crap, I know I can kill this guy, but I gotta dodge these blood drops again? Come on, let's wrap this bad boy up. <laughs> um, but uh, the dev you confirmed imagine- to me
0: that the final game will have difficulty settings, so if people thought the demo is a little on the tougher
5: side, uh, there will be settings in the final game to, to make this easier. I would almost propose that he might do this anyway, but make it either an item you can equip that and let you turn it off whenever you want, or make it a toggleable thing, because I feel like this is the sort of thing where, at a certain point, you might say, no, I can handle this. I could turn this difficulty off, or this ease of difficulty off, but the fact that he's going to add it is a good thing because I could picture some people being like, man, these battles are taking forever because I can't get a good combo down. Yeah. Um, um, but with that said, though, I do like that there are, I do like how the attack system works. I will say after having played uh, another game, I think I mentioned it last week, called Knuckle Sandwich and a few other games like, you know, the Warrior Wars scope, I will say if, depending on how big the game is ultimately going to be, hopefully maybe slap a few more types of attacks in there to dodge, or even different ways for you to do your attacks. That way, it adds a little bit of variety to what you're doing. Um, It could even be something akin to, like, when you equip new weapons, the weapons have attacks. So... Whenever you use the TV remote or a series of um, w- weapons that fall under that family as you program it in, that will always have the left and right bar sliding. But if you equip, I don't know, the baseball bat that you find later in the game and or maybe like uh, you know, water balloons, you might be able to just mash A quickly to get a certain thing up. And if you pull that off, you hit them with a, bar- a barrage of water balloons versus, you know, one water balloon for minimal damage. Uh, just something to kind of give you a little bit more variety in what the attacks are going to be like, because that aside from like me thinking like potential redundancy in the attacks, I like what the game was doing. I was engaged and was actually sad when the demo was over. Um, And that's, and that's not something I wouldn't have, I would have thought to have said before getting started with this whole thing. I thought I was going to play it, wrap up the demo and go, okay, that's a done deal. But instead, I said, man, I want to play more of this. I like the fact that there was a little NPC in the demo, Well, not NPC, but an enemy that I fought in the demo, and I'm not sure if this would have happened either way. But I was given the choice of letting them live or killing them, and I said, "No, I don't want to kill them. I want them to live." And then they showed (laughs) up later on, started hanging out with me. I'm like, "That's pretty nice. I like the fact that they're not dead and they're chilling with me." Yeah, it was cool. Like, I mean, I think we all, I
0: think everyone let her live.
5: Yeah, like I mean I had a feel maybe she said she was bored. I mean some people get to, I mean that place would have been pretty boring to me if you did you walk through that cave? Oh wait we all walked through that cave. But yeah, <laughs> a I, I mean to be screen.
2: fair, Brooke said that she'd kill her. So Yeah.
5: Brooke, no, no, you I didn't do you remember it saying yet. that?
1: When,
5: yeah. When <laughs> you get to her, you won't kill her. Tell I'm telling you, she seems okay. Here's
1: here's a question. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to pull it. Well, here's a question for you.
0: Did you agree to play with her, or did you say no?
5: I did. I was like, yeah, I'll stick around for a little bit. (laughs) Because if you say
0: no, it's a harder battle. Really? Yeah. yeah. So Uh, if you agree to play with her, it's an easier fight at the end.
2: I am so glad I chose yes then, because that battle was already hard for me. (laughs) (laughs)
5: <laughs> yeah that pattern of the fireballs coming down it took a minute for me to like okay maybe if i hang out here and then zip over maybe it, it programs the 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 range of the fireballs can drop in advance <laughs> based on where you're starting and i'll move and that worked most of the time it wasn't a perfect strategy but it kept me from eating yeah. all my damn potato chips so but i think this game has potential like if you hit the market effectively you know you know, because I'm I'm Captain Cheapass right now. As by the way, remind me to buy my blasted plane ticket on Saturday. But um, <laughs> Ooh, okay. with that said, like I can see myself buying this game. Like I think it seemed cool. I like what I got out of it. I would like to see where this narrative goes after the demo ends, and I would like to see a little bit more in regards to like different attack patterns and stuff from enemies. I wonder if he's intending to have you have party members at some point. Maybe the scary person can join you as a party member. I don't know. Um, we'll find like, out in the future. But, uh, yeah.
0: The question remains, is this a game worth backing on Kickstarter? What would you throw at this game?
5: Mm, this seems like a game I can see by for... I guess it reminds me of another game that I actually bought years ago called like, Jimmy and the Pulsating Mass. Which was another game that was kind of like we liked Earthbound. You want to do a game with this art style. And I'll pay them about fifteen twenty bucks for that. So I can see myself paying fifteen twenty for this too. Very cool.
0: Uh the game is on Kickstarter. We'll have a link to the Kickstarter in the show notes below. So give that a a look. And uh if you think the
5: project's <laughs> worth throwing a few bucks at, throw oh, a couple bucks no. at it. You can't ask me how much I would pay for it and then not tell me what the Kickstarter price is unless you don't know it. Uh,
0: for the game, let me see here. The Joe player-
1: didn't back the minimum amount. Joe backed a no. special amount. so He wouldn't know that off the top backed, of his head. I
0: backed uh, a high price. Uh, the player to receive a digital copy is 20 euro, which is about $22. Uh, and then there's various options from there that come with like... Digital wallpaper, a uh, second copy of the game, digital soundtrack. A physical copy of the game is available. A physical soundtrack, a poster, uh, and then I went all out and I I dropped two hundred bucks to get the uh, peaches portrait in the I game.
5: Brother, like, and I was yeah, like, right. at first I didn't want to ask, him, but I was like, would he have make us so that peaches is like wearing an evening gown. <laughs>
0: I don't know. We'll see what we do there. We might do something different. Uh, I talked with the dev a little bit, still hoping to get him on the show. Fingers crossed we could work something out. Uh, but for now, that's, that's it for this part of the show. Uh, I don't know if there's going to be anything after this because I'm supposed to record something with Norg sometime and then Chris had a review to do. And I, I don't know if either of them will be after this or not. So it's
2: surprise. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out. If you hear this part of it, then chances are they weren't there. I'm um, keeping this we part in no in matter what. We'll, yeah, we'll just keep it see. In. Lazy. We'll see. Either,
0: either we're getting Same to hear. SML
5: time. Same SML channel. What?
1: <laughs> Yo, what time are you going to do the interview? Uh, aren't you interviewing the creator of the game we were just talking about, Dreamed Away, on Saturday?
0: Uh, I'm hoping that's, I just Ooh, I'm okay, still okay. working on on hopefully getting that set up. Uh, fingers crossed we can make that happen. Uh, Sweet. But, yeah. Uh, yeah we're yes. we're going to play something. It's either going to be a segue into more reviews or it's going to be Glenn Case's cover of Smashing Pumpkins beginning of the end of the beginning.
1: So if beginning you hear Glenn Case's cover, it's already too late. Yeah. You, didn't you know what happened.
5: <laughs> you know what I'm talking about
2: no we really don't,
5: I don't sure know. you I'm, do I'm
0: la- I don't know what the hell's <laughs> going on does anyone have any final words if this is the end of the show you know
5: what I'm bye, talking
1: Brooke. about bye Brock bye Aki if it is the end I'm glad I spent it with y'all Mom.
0: That's right. Surprise everyone, we're back with another review. Uh Chris Taylor coming in under the wire. Uh how's it going? How's things going for you? I heard you uh you were without the internet.
6: Yeah, I had some uh, some some wire problems. <laughs> they uh yeah, just periodically our stupid internet provider uh will just not provide us with internet, which is like their one job. And uh yeah. last and yeah, when we were recording, it's like I went from about one thirty p.m. until uh 10:30 p.m. without any internet. Ugh. Except for my phone internet, which is actually kind of slow cuz we're in a bad area for it. At least so. you have something on the phone. I I yeah. get so restless when I
0: can't do anything. Like, I don't know what happened to me. I must have developed adult ADHD or something because I can't focus on anything anymore.
6: Yeah. Uh, I love it. I, my aging I, brain just can't focus. Yeah. Well, I I don't have any uh, diagnoses for my, my multiple mental, let's call them quirks. But uh, if I do have some form of ADHD, it's probably the kind where you just hyper focus on like the wrong thing. so it's like i'll be studying this one little thing that's not important at all meanwhile my the entire world around me is crumbling i focus on this one podcast meanwhile the rest of the Uh, world yeah see there you go (laughs) there you go
0: oh man so So, review we got one of those we should probably do it
6: yeah let's do it this episode is is long enough Uh, (laughs) even i don't
0: kind of long uh, I'm yeah. just
6: guessing. Yeah, I'm just guessing. I just got here.
0: Brooke went 20 minutes on a $15 game. Uh, I love her for it. Yeah, I'm impressed. I, yeah. I don't know how, but anyway, one I, final game to talk about tonight. We got Dungeonoid 2 Awakening, developed by Pixel Bones Studios and East Asia Soft, published by East Asia Soft. Released February 7th on Xbox One, Series X, and S, Switch, PS4, PS5, and PC for $8.99. Classic dungeon crawling gets a block-busting twist in Dungeonoid 2 Awakening, a top-down adventure presented in retro pixel art style. Chris, what is Dungeonoid 2 Awakening?
6: Okay, so Dungeonoid 2 Awakening, uh, this is one that I wanted to pick up because I actually bought the original Dungeonoid, which is also on on at least Switch. I don't know about all those other systems. Um, but so it's a it's, it is a dungeon crawler, and the Oid part of it means Arcanoid. So essentially Ooh. what this is Yeah, so the general gist of it is that it's Arcanoid but presented in an adventure game format. Uh RPG whatever. And um so but here's the thing is that uh they went and uh, made Dungeonoid two like completely different. So I thought I'd maybe talk a little bit about the differences. So we're gonna talk a little bit about the original Dungeonoid as well. I hope people aren't mad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, they're both uh kind of 8 or 16 bit pixel style like kind of games, um, you know, they're a little bit modern, a little bit throwback, but yeah, and the core of the gameplay is is Arkanoid meets, you know, kind of uh, adventure game aesthetics. Uh, so the first game was very much like your classic Arkanoid, because it would be uh, single stages. A uh, single room stages uh, where you, of course, have your paddle and uh, and your ball, and you send your ball out towards some bricks and you break the bricks. Uh, we've seen this kind of gameplay many times, um, and so I, I feel like I needn't burden the listener with a full tutorial on what Arkanoid <laughs> is, um, except to say that uh, that Break 'em All was like one of my favorites. It was on the DS, and I I loved it. I never see that game anymore. Anyways. I was an um, alleyway fan. Alleyway's good too. So uh and actually there's another one I'm about to mention. But um so yeah, the original Dungeonoid was very much just it's just Arcanoid and it's it's flavored like an RPG. You know, you got your in dungeons, uh some of the brick shapes would be like a bat or like a an ogre face or something like that that you're breaking up. And you know, you'd find a key and unlock a door um, by bouncing balls into them and stuff like that. So, you know, it was very simple like that. So Dungeonoid 2, they actually did something very different. Uh what this is, now I'm going to uh <laughs> I'm going to trust everyone's Googling skills or or old school video game knowledge skills. Uh, And mention the game Devilish, the next possession on Sega Genesis, um, which was also re-released on the DS uh, some years ago. Which, by the way, I bet the remake is older than the Genesis game was when the remake came out. Because that's just where we're at in time. Uh, That makes my back hurt. Yeah, yeah. Mine's a bad chair. But, (laughs) (laughs) anyway. Yeah, the... uh, So... The way Devilish went is that it was actually a top-down scrolling adventure game. You know, something like... Well, I'm digging even deeper, but like Arkista's Ring or Knight's Quest or something like that. Like where you the screen scrolls up and you're adventuring, but it's an auto-scroller, so you gotta adventure quickly, right? Um, it was like that, except that it presented a double paddleball kind of uh, gameplay. Um, instead of going from stage to stage, it's just uh persistently moving up and you basically do what you can to keep yourself from getting killed and you know break all the bricks that you can uh until you reach a boss well that is the that's the template that uh that these guys used for dungeonoid 2 so you start off the game it actually has a story too so like it starts off with this whole cinematic intro which is pretty cool about uh shows you the world map because you got to get through all these stages to get to the end Uh, i think it's six stages uh because um as you unlock stages you get to start at another stage um so if you get to stage two you get to start from stage two and you just select it from the menu um and there's six that they have on their total so i don't know about a secret last stage because i didn't beat this game because it's hard but um uh yeah, the way it is presented is that you start the stage. You choose one of four adventurers who have different strengths. So you've got like your paladin who has a uh, a stronger attack, but like the paddle moves a little bit slower. You got your wizard who uh, the paddle moves a little faster, um, and they all also have special attacks uh, which vary from uh, each of their classes. So like for instance the wizard has a triple shot that comes from the paddle and can clear a whole bunch of blocks uh while you're you know moving around and stuff. Um <clears throat> whereas like the Amazon who uh is a speed character uh can summon Asura, the secret boss from Final Fantasy 4, uh, <laughs> one of them. And uh and Asura creates two more paddles that kind of assist. And so you're fighting you got is one so ball and
0: fucking hard in Final Fantasy IV.
6: It was it was an early example of a puzzle boss. <clears throat> I kinda respect it for that, because it's like you couldn't beat it until you figured out the key to the puzzle. Which uh I mean we see that all the time now. <laughs> like At uh, the time
0: it was it was definitely unique.
6: Yeah, unique. Uh uh-huh. <laughs> anyways. Yeah, so you can you can summon Queen Asura to come and form two paddles that will so it's one ball three paddles, which is uh very erotic for a for an Arkanoid game. I, say, I saw that video. Aki yeah, probably has know. it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so that's uh that's like basically it. So you choose one of your four adventurers, and then the stage just starts moving and you move through the stage, you bust all the bricks. Of course you get bonuses for getting all the bricks, but that's not the entire point. Um, you're also defeating enemies that if they hit your uh paddle then it gets smaller. Um but of course you know, if the ball hits then, then it does damage. Now, here's the other thing, is that there is a persistent um, gauge that goes up on your ball that allows you to do a little attack. So, if, you, uh, if your gauge goes up all the way, you push the button, and the ball, like, swings a little sword. And that'll just cleave right through whatever bricks are around, plus it does extra <laughs> damage to, uh, to enemies. And so in this way, if you time it right, you can get, like, a lot of bricks broken, and you're not just waiting on one ball to bust one brick per chance to do, like, a combo, which is classic Arkanoid strategy. Um, you can actually, like, really cleave your way through uh, throughout the stage. And plus, again, as you collect power-ups, um, which do various good and bad things... Um, which is, again, classic Arkanoid. Uh, you can build up an HP, me- oh, sorry, an MP meter, and when the MP meter fills up, then you get to use your special attack, which is usually uh, practically a, scre- a screen-clearer, depending on your character that you've chosen. Um, so, yeah, you just keep doing this. Uh, you move throughout the stages. Uh, different obstacles come up, like trees and rocks. You know, it's very organic in the sense that, like, you know, the actual background, like kind of makes sense like what things are going to be in your way although you can't always tell so that's uh that's something you just kind of have to learn through gameplay is you know what is actually solid <laughs> and um and your little ball breaks through everything like there's certain things like uh, tower gates for instance that will break down over time but at first they will form a buffer um and then like cracks will start appearing in them and stuff so it's very much more environmental. Uh, and again, stages are broken up into multiple, uh, boss fights, multiple, like, larger puzzles, some of which are timed. Uh, there's also a, uh, a total timer that, uh, when it runs out, of course, you get a game over. Now, here's the thing about game overs. So, Dungeonoid, the original, uh, just gave you a set amount of lives, and when they ran out, it was game over, and you just, uh, had to start the stage over again, and of course, you could start from any stage, uh, that you've already beaten, or sorry, the stage that you've most recently played, uh, any time that you start the game, and, w- and so in Dungeonoid Two, you actually have to finish at least the stage with your amount of lives. And if you don't, if your character dies and gets a game over, then you get a chance to purchase back your soul for half of the money that you gained uh, throughout the level, um, yeah. for as many continues as you have. So this is like maximum of three um, in terms of what I was able to do. Well, I think it's two actually. Anyways. Once you get near the, uh, once you get to a certain point in the stage, you can, uh, get your ball inside of a shop. And inside the shop, you can purchase more lives. You can also, uh, purchase power ups that are assigned to the, uh, to the directional pad and, um, you know, like different goodies basically to try and get yourself through the rest of the stage. And, uh, like I said, so money is important in that way. You need that money to spend on items, but you also, you have to spend half of it if you want to keep continuing the quest. So it's kind of a, a balance there um and yeah like i said the stages are set up as to be very challenging so you're definitely going to be uh restarting many many a stage as you uh, kind of learn the stages and learn what your ball can do and kind of learn how to time your attacks it's just dungeonoid 2 is so much more of a game than dungeonoid even though like i said at its core it's basically an arcanoid thing it's much more fully realized and um even though it does look more like a game that exists, like, you know, Devilish, as I mentioned, uh, or even Pinball Quest, which is the same thing, but with Pinball. Uh, that was an <laughs> NES game. But, uh, you know, it's got, like, bases in other games, but it's much more of a much more of an adventure feeling game. So uh, for that reason, I think it's much more fully realized as a video game than uh, than Dungeonoid is.
0: So it seems like this uh, not only met, but possibly exceeded your expectations for it.
6: Yeah, I would say so. Um, like I said, I purchased and played Dungeonoid, and when I saw Dungeonoid Two come up, I was like, "Oh, I could review that. It's more Dungeonoid." But uh, actually, yeah, <laughs> it's a whole different—it's a whole different experience. So uh, kudos to them for uh, for uh, for getting this one uh, to go even further with the formula, where they didn't really have to. They could have just provided us more Arkanoid levels, you know? Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, it's eight ninety nine. What is your verdict on Dungeonoid Two Awakening?
6: Uh, I'm going to give it a buy it. Uh, they definitely put a lot of thought and uh, and care into this one. I think it's more fun than Dungeonoid the original. Uh, but you know, again, I love classic Arkanoid, so I'm not going to say either game would not be fun. But Dungeonoid feels more like just a, a skin on something that I've already played. But Dungeonoid two definitely feels like uh, they're kind of striking into new territories here, uh, or at, ver- at the very least, very obscure territories. But yeah. Just a lot more video game here, so I say this one is the one that is worth it. very cool uh
0: if you jump in now, you can save yourself ten percent on Xbox or twenty percent on switch uh for at least another week or so. so save yourself a few pennies and grab a fun game heck, yeah, all right. Well, Chris, that is it for you, and that is it for the whole show. Um, mentioned it earlier in the other half of the episode, but we're going to rock out to Glenn Case's Smashing Pumpkins cover. Have you heard it? Uh, No, but He, that covered, he covered the end so is fun. the beginning is the end, and oh, it wow. is really good. So we are going to rock out to that. And uh, Chris, do you have any final words to end the show?
6: Uh, no, except that I feel like the end is the beginning is the, is the end is exactly how my review went. <laughs>